Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that, right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Menkes. So I've never really been a fan of riddles and crossword puzzles or Sudoku or things like that because I guess I just spend all day solving problems at school. And I know I have people in my life who really like solving puzzles, but I've never really been a fan of those. But I want to start today's episode with a riddle. And here's the riddle. I can't be saved, though people try. When fun is had, they say I fly. They say I'm money. I can be spent. I can be wasted, but never lent. So while you're thinking of that, I'm just going to read it to you one more time. Some of you already have it. So the riddle is, I can't be saved, though people try. When fun is had, they say I fly. They say I'm money. I can be spent. I can be wasted, but never lent. And so the answer to the riddle is time. And time is a thing that we all wish that we had more of it, but we all get 24 hours in a day. And of course, as private school leaders, we're so busy and we're always looking for that way to manage our time and to make the most of our time to be productive. And that's all something that we've talked about before on this podcast. But what if I told you that you can actually multiply your time? Well, Rory Vaden is an author and a productivity expert, and he's known for writing a book called Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. And on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to talk about his idea of the focus funnel and the five ways to multiply your time and apply it to your role as a private school leader and actually multiply time. But before that, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast by giving you a free gift. I've created a free resource for you called the six things that every private school teacher wants from their leader. This guide is a six-page PDF that can be a game-changer for you, and I guarantee you that if you do these six things, the teachers at your school will be happy to follow you, and you can pick up your free guide by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide. And also, I wanted to ask for a favor. I'd love it if you could please just share this podcast with two people in your life, a school leader in your life and an aspiring leader at your school. The podcast is in over 50 countries. We've got over 50,000 downloads. And all over the world, the need is great for private school leaders who are trying to serve their schools and many who are struggling while they're doing that. And so I'd love to get this content out to them. And another way to do that is to have you share the podcast with another leader and also with an aspiring leader at your school. So thank you for doing that. So I told you before that Rory Vaden 
is an author who wrote a book called Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. And it's an excellent book. I've applied a lot of the things that he writes about in his book. And I will link that in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 61. But before we get into that, um, I just want to kind of frame this for you. And that is, I want you to think about whitewater rafting for a moment. Now, I've never been whitewater rafting. I really don't have a desire to do that. But I've seen it. And I've watched people do it from the shore. And they're in the raging rapids and they're in the raft and the helmets are on and the oars are in the water and they're bouncing all over the place. And I feel like that that's us as private school leaders. And what we never ever do is take the time to get out of the raging rapids of the day-to-day of our school and get over on the shore where it's peaceful and quiet and just kind of watch the raging rapids go by. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Because today, I want you to pause and think about how you engage with your work at school. And today, I want you to pause and think about how you manage your time at school. And so while you're listening to this episode, instead of just racing from the this thing to the next thing to the next thing, I know you're probably doing something else while you're listening to that, and that's fine. But I want you to get that picture in your head of if you're always in the raging rapids of the tyranny of the urgent at your school, you're never going to pause and think about how you engage with work and how you engage with time at your school. And that's key because really today's episode is about a little bit of a mindset shift when it comes to time management so that you can multiply your time. So here's probably the key quote of the book from Rory Vaden. He says that there is no such thing as time management. There is only self-management. So quote, there is no such thing as time management. There is only self-management, end quote. And he talks about priority dilution. And I want to just hit on a couple of these things before we get into these these strategies as far as how you can actually multiply your time, the five things that you can. But I have to give kind of a framework for how we think about time because we need to start thinking about time differently in order to multiply our time, in order to have feel like we have more time and to be more productive. And so first of all, this idea of priority dilution is delaying the day's most important activities by consciously or unconsciously allowing our attention to shift to less important tasks. So you've heard me talk about the productivity trap before, how we get that little hit of dopamine when we complete a low value task and that the brain doesn't know the difference between an important task and a low value task. And that's why when we come back from somewhere in the school that we plop down at our desk and we stare at our screen and we open up email because at least we're doing something. And so that is priority dilution. We're not really navigating our day with priorities. We're just kind of navigating our day with whatever is right in front of us. And I know that's a pretty apt description of our days as private school leaders. 
And this is a common problem. Priority dilution is a pro common problem for high achievers who are really pushing themselves to have a high level of excellence. And then, let's face it, asked, we're asked to do more as a result of getting more done. And I've said before that I heard a quote one time that said, once you do the impossible, it becomes part of your job description. And I did an episode on performance punishment and how that might be destroying the morale at your school. But that's something that happens to us sometimes too, is, is that we do an amazing job with the capital campaign or with the retention or with the budget, and then it just becomes the expectation. So let's talk a little bit about managing and prioritizing your time. And then I want to do that little mindset shift about time itself. So prioritizing your time is important, but it has limits. And I want you to think about it this way, because you're simply borrowing time from one area of your life to focus on another. And if there's no strategy for what to do with that time, then we're going to just kind of bumble through the day. And so borrowing time from one area of our life to focus on another, probably the first thing you thought of is how work kind of invades our home and personal lives. And, you know, another way to limit that is to, you know, have boundaries. And, and there, uh, there's an episode um, that I did um, I want to say it's episode um, eight. I'm not, I don't remember exactly. I don't want to misquote the, but I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but how to overcome uh, burnout with boundaries. Um, I think it's episode eight. But when we think about time, I want you to start thinking about time instead of the way that we always think about it, which we're going to call two-dimensional thinking and start thinking about time in a three-dimensional way. So let me explain what I mean. So Rory Vaden talks about how, you know, one of his idols as far as time management um, is Stephen Covey, the author of The Seven Habits of Highly, highly um, Successful, Highly Effective People. And um, of course, in Stephen Covey's book, one of the habits is um, first things first. And you've seen the matrix before where on one line it's importance and on one line it's urgency. And then as things get more urgent and more important, um, you know, then those are things that get our attention. Um, and that's also true with the Eisenhower matrix, which Dwight D. Eisenhower popularized. And so, you know, you, you're familiar with that in, in urgency and importance, two dimensional thinking about time. But Rory Vaden talks in his book, Procrastinate on Purpose, about urgency. How soon does this matter? Three-dimensional thinking. Number one, first dimension is urgency. How soon does it matter? When does it have to be done? Number two, importance. How much does it matter? But the third dimension then is significance. How long is this going to matter? So I want to hit you with that again. Urgency and importance, you already got those down. You've been living in that space for many years. But the third dimension of thinking about time is significance. How long is this going to matter? And, and Rory Vaden puts forth in his book that those 
that make the significance calculation, this is a quote, those making the significance calculation engage in three-dimensional thinking about time, and they are considering not only what matters now, but also what matters later. And so I know that that might be a little bit of a odd concept because we live in that, <laughs> some of us live in that area of one-dimensional thinking where it's all about urgency, tyranny of the urgent, it controls our day, and we don't even really get into that second dimension of importance. That would be lovely if we could prioritize important things over urgent. But now, if we add the third dimension of significance, then what that helps us to do is to resist the temptation to just do the thing that's latest and loudest and the thing that's right in front of us and to actually think before we do the thing. And that goes back to the whitewater rafting. This is the most important part of this episode is the way that we're going to multiply our time is that we have to start thinking about what we do before we do it. And I'm guilty of this. I've been guilty of this in the past. I'm, I do much better with it now. Um, one of the things that helps me out a lot is the index card on the corner of my desk. Um, I believe it's episode seven, the four productivity hacks for busy private school leaders that just kind of keeps me on track. But we need to remember that if we just do what's urgent, if we just do what's latest and loudest, if we just do what's in front of us, then what that leads to is us being really, really tired at the end of the day and feeling like we didn't get a whole lot accomplished. And so we're going to talk about multiplying your time. And so in his book, Rory Vaden refers to these people as multipliers. That's pretty straightforward. The people that don't just consider urgency and importance, but they consider long-term significance when deciding on which task to do. And it's like, well, how the heck am I going to figure that out? You know, I can barely get through the day. I've got all this stuff coming at me. My phone's ringing. Um, on my desk, my cell phone is dinging with a text. My walkie-talkie's going off. There's someone knocking at my door. Um, you know, how am I supposed to navigate this and then also, you know, think about significance? Well, here's the good news. There's a tool um, that he proposes in his book called The Focus Funnel. So I want you to picture um, a, a funnel um, and things go in it at the top, and um, we're going to go through each of the five um, steps in the focus funnel. You get the idea just from the title of it, the focus funnel. What this thing is going to help us do is when a task goes into the focus funnel, we're going to, it's going to force us to think about it. And I'm not going to have you just picture it. Um, I created, a, I got an image um, from uh, really from just from Google Images, and um, I'm going to link it for you in the show notes. And um, a sneak peek on your call to action at the end of the episode is, is that I'm going to have you just print it out and hang it somewhere near your desk so that you can go through, your tasks can go through the focus funnel. All right. So the first, so picture this funnel. 
it's vertical and at the very top you drop the task in at the top of this funnel and the very first level is eliminate okay eliminate and the permission to eliminate this permission encourages us in, to identify tasks that can just be eliminated from our to-do list and and here's the thing removing these non-essential and low value tasks they free us up to do, for more time to do what truly matters and it's like yeah yeah i get that but i think that we need to change our definition on what we can eliminate because i propose that there are a lot of tasks that we can eliminate and so i'm going to give you a few examples um one is that when you are checking email that anything anything and we get all kinds of stuff and who knows how they get our email addresses as far as um selling us you know curriculum or field trips or just whatever it might be anything that you get that is not immediately of interest to you immediately scroll to the bottom of the page of of the email and unsubscribe because that's one way to eliminate future emails of that company coming into your inbox okay first of all second of all eliminate turning off notifications you've heard me bang away on this drum for a long time that i strongly 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 urge you to not have work email or social media notifications turned on on your smartphone or on your wearable device your smartwatch those notifications are constant interruptions and you might not think about that as a task that you can eliminate but it's a distraction that you can eliminate and anything you can eliminate that keeps you focused on the things that are important is something you need to eliminate all right constantly checking email um you know i talk about in that episode seven about how to engage with email you know to have scheduled times in the day and not be dipping in and out of email all day long um and also i recently did an episode about how to create more friction between you and your email inbox just so that it's harder you know if if it's harder to get at so if you open up your laptop and it's a tab your email is a tab that's open at the top and you can see the little parentheses and you can see how many unread emails there are, I can guarantee you're going to be checking email all day long. And you can go back and listen to that episode, but basically I recommend that you go down to the bottom and you hover over the Google icon and you open another window and you put your email in that window and then you close the tab on the window that you have open most of the time so that you're not tempted to open that all the time. And then the second piece of advice about friction is I ask the question, how many swipes from your home screen on your smartphone to your icon for your work email? And most of us, the answer is zero. Um, and so the challenge is to have one or two swipes to get there and you'll find that the number of times that you check email at work plummets if you put a little friction between you and checking email all day. So constantly checking email is something you can eliminate. You can't eliminate checking email some of the time, but you can check it at 
scheduled times and not all day long. And then also just checking social media at work. I know that that's hard to, you know, break yourself from that habit, but that's something that you can eliminate. And then finally is another way to eliminate tasks is to get better at saying no. I just think that as private school leaders, we are way too nice. We take on way too much. We say no way too infrequently. And we can say it very nicely and be like, you know what, I would love to. I'm sorry, I'm just not able to fit that into my schedule. I'm slammed right now. And and then that's how you say no. And just don't allow more things on your plate that's already full and overflowing and things are falling off of your plate. Okay, so the first thing in the focus funnel is eliminate. And now the task goes down past eliminate. We can't eliminate it. And so now the next question becomes automate. Can we automate it? So focus funnel, task drops in. Can we eliminate it? The answer is no. Now the question is, can we automate it? And we know that automation is, you know, using technology and systems and software to streamline and to simplify repetitive tasks and to just automate the routine things that will save you time and and reduce the need for you to do it manually. And so an example, and this might not be a great example for you at work, but it's an example that you can apply at work. And so most of us have bills that are online pay and they're auto deducts from our uh, checking account. But at some point in time, it took time to set all of that up. And if you think about the number of hours, I don't know, maybe if you could somehow magically like go back in time and figure out all the bills that are auto pay right now, if you figured out how much time it took for you total to set up auto pay, let's just say it was two hours. Okay. Well, you know, how much time that automation saves you is like ridiculous because twice a month or once a month or whatever, all the, you know, just think, I'll take it, I'll use hyperbole and just be like, you know, getting a stamp and, um, you know, mailing a check. And, you know, I know we don't do that kind of stuff anymore, but you get the idea. It's like taking the time to do the thing to automate it, then saves you that time moving forward. And so online scheduling tools like Calendly, um, There are ways that you can set up email filters and certain rules to sort your emails as they come in to prioritize, you know, ones from your leadership team or ones from your, um, you know, head of school or from your board president and, and to help you be more efficient with the use of email as far as automating that reusing document templates or, or having, you know, Google docs, um, that then and make a copy of it, just things that you frequently use for communications. And there's a lot of other examples that you could use to automate some tasks that are repetitive tasks. So now we're in the focus funnel. We've dropped the task in at the top. The question is, can we eliminate it? The answer is no. Now the question is, can we automate it? And the answer is no. And now we come to the third level. And the question is, can we delegate it? So we know that delegating is entrusting the task to other people. So whether it's a colleague or someone you supervise, someone else on your, on your team, your, your administrative assistant. And 
we leverage that person's skills and time so that we can use our time more efficiently. And this is a question that I started asking myself a few years ago, and I would strongly recommend that you ask yourself the question when you're doing something, am I the only person that can do this task? Am I the only person that can do this task? And another way to ask the question is, does this task require my unique skill set? So you have a unique skill set for your position as a leader in your private school. Now, I'm not saying that you're never going to unclog a toilet. I'm not saying that you're never going to pitch in and wipe down the tables in the lunchroom. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in general, I believe that there are way too many tasks that happen frequently that are things that we should not be doing and that someone else could be doing them. So what holds us back from delegating? And let's face it, some of us are, are not that great when it comes to delegation. And we say, well, it, it just takes so much time to teach the person how to do it. Okay, so let's say there's a task that takes you five minutes a day, all right? And let's say that it takes you one hour to teach someone, your administrative assistant or a teacher or someone else on staff, it takes you an hour to teach the person how to do the thing that takes five minutes a day. Now, it's probably not going to take an hour. It's probably going to take less than that. But let's say it took an hour. Okay. If that task, if you don't take that hour to teach that person how to do it, five minutes a day multiplied by 220 days. So give or take, you know, it, I'm in the ballpark of how many days in a year of, of a calendar year that we work is around 220. All right. Five minutes a day multiplied by 220 days, 18 hours. So you took one hour to teach someone how to do something and you talk yourself into, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's only five minutes a day. Five minutes a day is 18 hours out of your year. So we can't afford to not delegate things, even if it takes time to teach people how to do the thing, because we're going to get that time back. And then we're going to be doing it on things that that person can't do and that only we can do. All right. And then here's the problem. The real reason that we have a problem with delegating has to do with perfectionism. And I know that that might cut a little, it might hurt your feelings a little bit, but perfectionism isn't a logical issue, it's an emotional issue. And remember that I said three-dimensional thinking with time, that importance and urgency, those are kind of logical, but then significance becomes emotional. And so perfectionism is like, an emotional issue because it's like, well, they're not going to do it the right way, or I'm just going to have to do it over. And it, okay, I'm. there's some confirmation bias there too, because of some bad experiences that we've had. But ultimately, we have a choice to make. We can either grant ourselves, it's a quote, we quote, we have to grant ourselves permission to be imperfect, and see the service in allowing others to make mistakes, end quote. So that's hard. It's hard to watch. It's hard to do. It takes time, but that time adds up. And if it's done 85% as well as you would have done it, but you didn't do it, I want to try to convince you that that's good enough. All right. Okay. So now back to the focus funnel. We've dropped the task in the top. We've gone and asked ourselves the question, can we eliminate it? The answer is no. 
we then go down to automate. Can we automate it? No. Can we delegate it? No. And now we've come to the fourth part of the focus funnel. Can we procrastinate it on purpose? So Rory Vaden argues that there is a strategic way to procrastinate which involves intentionally delaying tasks that are not a top priority. And so this is different than, I don't want to do it, this is uncomfortable, it's awkward, and I don't feel like doing it. This is, you know what, it's it's gotten to this point in the focus funnel, but, you know, I can't eliminate it, I can't automate it, I can't delegate it, I have to do it, but I don't have to do it right now. So then you take it and then you just put it in back in the top of the focus funnel. And sometimes when it makes its trip through a couple of times, then it's like sometimes it gets eliminated. Sometimes maybe if it's if it makes its way through the focus funnel two, three times, maybe it really isn't all that important. And then you decide, okay, I guess I can delegate this or I guess I can eliminate this. Can it wait? Can it wait? So, again... The purpose of the focus funnel is to get you to think about how you're engaging with your tasks. Think about how you're using your time instead of just working, instead of just doing, instead of just plowing forward in your day. All right. So we've got so far this focus funnel task at the top. Can we eliminate it? No. Can we automate it? No. Can we delegate it? No. Can we procrastinate it? No. Now, <laughs> we, we've really given some, and, and this, this all can happen very quickly. I know that what I just described sounds like it's taking place over the course of like, you know, one task and you're sitting there for 20 minutes thinking about it. No, it happens in seconds. But when you go through and you say, can I eliminate it? No. Can I automate it? No. Can I delegate it? No. Can I procrastinate it? No. Then what you do is you concentrate and you focus and you just roll up your sleeves and you dig in and you do the thing and you give yourself permission to devote your full attention, your full energy to this critical task because you now have kind of gone through this weeding out process of making sure that this is an important task. Remember what I said about thinking about what you're doing instead of just doing it? And so the other thing about it is when you concentrate on these high value activities, you get better results in less time. And I know from experience that you feel better at the end of the day when you spend a little bit of time working on things that are important instead of everyone else's definition of important. When you decide, now, full stop, I get it. I've been a private school leader for 32 years. I know that a lot of our days are not in our control. A lot of the parts of our days are not in our control and that the tyranny of the urgent kicks us in the face. But we don't have a plan. And if you have a plan, like the focus funnel, and you engage with the work more intentionally, then what's going to happen is, yes, you're still going to have things that come up with a kid pushing a kid at recess or a parent showing up or a phone call from the board president or from an upset parent or whatever it might be. But in and around those times, you're going to be getting real work done and important work and work that you've decided is important. And that's going to help you feel a lot better at the end of the day. And then the last little bit here on concentrate is 
to again find ways to eliminate distractions and, and eliminate interruptions and so yeah you want to concentrate but you're trying to do that in your office and it's just like grand central station you know that's maybe sometimes where your administrative assistant comes in as far as like certain times of the day that there are only certain things that rise to the level that they would interrupt you or what i've done sometimes is when i really need to focus in on a task is i change my location a little bit you know i might find an empty classroom or the the conference room or just whatever and not for a long time it's not like i'm hiding out all day and people can't find me but sometimes you just need to change your location or to put a buffer around you so that you can concentrate and so here's why this works and then we'll wrap it up the key idea behind that focus funnel is to just be more deliberate more intentional about how you allocate your time and your effort and when you apply these concepts then you can just make better decisions about what to do now what not to do and how to optimize your productivity and this approach has helped me i think it can help you and i think it can help you achieve more with the time that you have available and it's a way to actually multiply our time and I want to come full circle back to that because you're like yeah Mark I've been listening to this and I still have 24 hours in my day I don't get where this multiplying time comes in well here's the thing urgency is how much does it matter importance or urgency is um, when the importance is, you know, how much does it matter? And, and that, or excuse me, and significance is for how long will it matter, you know, into the future. And so when you add that significance aspect to it, and when you've been intentional about your tasks, then what happens is that you actually multiply your time because you're doing things that are going to save you time in the future. And that comes into our big takeaways which are the parts of the focus funnel when you eliminate tasks and then you are un, you are removing those unnecessary things from your to-do list and then if you and then you ask yourself the question okay if I can't eliminate it then can I automate it you know can it be automated um, through technology and if the answer is no then can I delegate it can I assign that to someone else might have to teach them how you might have to let go of that perfectionism and then if i can't delegate it can i procrastinate it and that's being intentional and strategic about postponing a task that's not an immediate priority and then if it makes it all the way down to the bottom of the focus funnel then you concentrate and you get that work done and i'm telling you if you try it i think it's going to make a difference and the two big things are thinking about time three-dimensionally, importance, urgency, and significance, and then that focus funnel. And so here's your call to action. The, um, in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 61, you can print um, a picture of the focus funnel and just put it somewhere near your desk. And when you have a task, just try it. Just try looking at that and just take a moment or two and have it go down through and see if you can build up some stamina, build up some frequency, and um, just see if it makes a difference. And I believe that it can, and I believe that it will. So let's wrap it up. I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast by giving you another free gift. 
and it's called The Seven Steps to Having Successful Meetings with Upset Parents. And this is an 11-page PDF that gives you a step-by-step plan to having better meetings with the parents at your school. Every good coach has a game plan and every good teacher has a lesson plan, but too many private school leaders don't have a plan when they sit down to meet with an upset parent. Well, now you have a plan. And you can grab this free guide at theprivateschoolleader.com slash meeting. And if you're getting some value from the podcast episodes, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K dot O dot M-I-N-K-U-S at gmail.com. Would love to hear about a strategy that you're using or a pain point that you're experiencing right now. And maybe it can be um, the title of an upcoming episode. And please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. As I've said, the show notes can be found at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 61. And a new episode comes out every week on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. And wherever you listen, if you would please write a review and rate the podcast, that helps the algorithm push it out as suggested content to private school leaders all over the world. I'm on Instagram at the private school leader. I'm on Twitter at the PS leader. And as I said at the top of the episode, I'd love it if you would just share this episode with another leader in your life, an aspiring leader at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say I appreciate you and the amazing work that you're doing as you serve your school. Thank you so much for taking some of your precious time to join me here today. And I'll see you next time right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.